0: All right, everyone scream it. Scoop, you you first. Coop. McFarlane. Sammy. Magic M
1: McFarlane.
0: And Gordo. McFarlane Energy. Oh, there you go. And Tristan Cassis. Okay, thank you. Uh, Yes, he is yelling McFarlane. Everyone's yelling McFarlane. Thank you, McFarlane, for sponsoring the Bradford Show. And all that you do, all that you, you do to allow us to have this opportunity to air our grievances. This is the Festivus of the baseball season, two weeks in. Airing of the grievances. Fellas, air away. Go ahead. I don't know where you want to start, but I don't know if you know this. The, when the highlight of the Red Sox-Tampa series, four games, is literally, literal, literally Tristan Casas yelling after a walk, then you know you're in trouble. Am I wrong about that? Am I wrong? Yes. yes. Yeah, that was...
2: No, the that was highlight. the highlight. That's, that was the best thing It was saw. the highlight? What was the highlight then? Uh, no, that was the highlight.
3: Did you not see Rob Revsnyder tearing it up? It's our okay. new shortstop. It's true. We had a lead. All right. All right put, that, put that guy short. Every, every issue that we've ever had is great. All those conversations that we had in the offseason with Haim, he wasn't being facetious at all. Uh, he's got everything under control. Great
0: roster construction. All right, I I feel like of the vitriol of the of the three of you, Coop is ready to burst more than anybody. No, I think Heim's doing a great job.
3: I wasn't ridiculed for saying that maybe he should be let go after the Xander Bogarts thing because he he really gets the whole roster building for a championship and to be competitive at the big league level, like. L- Come on. It's overrated. It's time to win some single A World Series, some double A World Series. We saw what Portland did last year. They got to the playoffs. We saw our friend Alex Benellis get so far, got to party in those weird showers with the rest of the Sea Dogs. That's what you want to see for this Red Sox team. They're Portland team. That's what you want to see. So I'm 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 ecstatic with how the season's going. I'm sure HVT is having a ball. Um, so it's just It's all it's peaches and sunshines here in Boston, gearing up for the marathon Monday weekend. Can't wait to see all those 2013 fellows be trotted out and, you know, be reminded of what a World Series series was because the new World Series is, like I said, single A, double A, heck, maybe even triple A. Maybe Worcester can pull something off because that's. That's
0: the new age Red well, when, so when I, don't, see, I don't know where you boys are. When you, see, when you see the hair flop in front of Coop's eyes, you know he's riled up. It's
3: a hot day. I'm out of pomade. It's gross,
0: okay? We're, <laughs> it's a week. It's a week right now. Okay, so you bring up something. Uh, did, I just thought of this. To the, to the crowd, to the crew. 2013 crew's coming in, right? They're coming in. They're going to be honored, I think, on mm-hmm. Sunday, which is before Monday. The science suggests that. And so, does the could this 2013 team that is rolling out there? If you did an inter squad scrimmage, could they beat the current Red Sox team? Yes or no? No.
1: Can I ask all follow them. No, no. Today or yeah, right in- now. No, right now. No, I here. No, I, I think it would. I think it would be competitive.
2: <laughs> but all I right. think I put the current team. Can <laughs> we put Bobby at, sh- at shortstop? If, if Bobby Dalbec is at shortstop. No, but then Devers has to be in the lineup. If Devers really? is out in the lineup, they have a shot. That would was have the to highlight. start
3: our injured players, because if David Ortiz is going out there with no legs, we might as well put Trevor Story out there with one arm.
1: By the way, to go back to what uh, Gordo just said, Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop, for me, was the sick highlight of the series. Because if you, and I've said this, if you did not find him making error on the very first ball that was hit to him, if you did not find second that entertaining... Ball. Second Second, second, fact ball. check. Okay, yeah, second ball. Back back ball, ball hit to him. If you didn't find that poetic, you don't appreciate
3: baseball. That was he, comedy gold. The best part was that he made the first play. So you were kind of like, "Oh, we can do this." We, I yelled. I was Bobby's like, "He's oh got this."
2: God,
3: go. <laughs> you, you shot something right into the chat right away. Like
2: we were all kind of pumped up until the next ball. They were yeah, both comedy. comedy. Yeah, he made a play. Seeing him make the first play was was almost as funny as, as seeing him miss the second one.
0: Okay. So let's go around the room here. So the it, Coop is, has uh, established that there's a lot of vitriol, the, like a lot of facetious I'm vitriol. I'm positive. What? No, I know. Facetious vitriol.
2: This kid's it. 2023
0: okay. red size colon. We dominate the facetious vitriol. Put it on the bumper sticker. So. I want to. We we are now sitting with this team at five and eight, correct? Five and eight. Yep. All right. So, but it, here's the thing, fellas. It feels a lot. Five and eight is five and eight. It's you know it is what it is. I mean, there's it's not the worst record in the world, and you can say you're eight back, but you know you know there's a little thing called the wild card. Whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about all the feels, how this feels, and this does not feel good because of what is residing around the corner. And and I'll just start here. My biggest thing is that same feeling that you had at a lot of times last year where you you might go on a good run, but you know that you just aren't as talented. You aren't as good a team as you're going to play. So, yeah, you play Detroit, you're better than them, sure. But then you go up against, and this is how it felt every time they played Toronto, which was, I think they ended up at what, 17-3? Uh, and three? Seventeen and three or three and seventeen. Every single time you go up against a team like that, you feel like you do not have the ammunition to compete. That's how it felt against Tampa. And that's guys, that's probably gonna how it feels against the Angels as well. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me your thoughts. Just tell me something. No, you're not wrong.
2: You're not wrong. And that's that's honestly where the frustration builds is you see some of these mediocre teams across baseball have some of these fire in a bottle series, like, what? Didn't Detroit take two out of three from Houston in, in early in the season? Like, some of these some of these teams are able to pull wins out of their ass against these good teams, and for whatever reason, particularly within the division, when the Red Sox face superior competition, like, every single time, you can tell they're facing superior competition.
0: So, so is that where we're at, Sammy? I mean, is that where we're at, where it's just the matter of the fact that is, is we come into this year and we say, well, if everything broke perfectly, super. But we also know anytime that a team does that, suggests that the 2015 rotation, hey, five aces, yeah, if everything broke perfectly, sure, you have five aces. Well, you don't have five aces. If everything broke perfectly, you would actually have a 500 record now, and you don't. So as you sit here, Sammy, how do you feel like, what's your, what's your feeling about it? What's your deep, Downrooted feeling about this team? I really hate to
1: say this, but it's the truth. I don't really feel anything. This is kind of what I expected. I didn't think this team would be very good. I'm kind of mad at myself for saying they'd win 84 games, but I got to stick with it. I know we're only uh, 12, 13, however many games in. But what, my question to answer your question with a question, which is always great radio, what did you expect? I didn't expect anything more than this. I thought they'd beat the teams like the Tigers, like you said. I thought they'd struggle against the divisional teams. I hope they at least beat the Yankees, but, man, I didn't expect much. This is a year for development. I want to see Casas succeed. That's a tough thing to say. I want Yoshida to do well. I'd like to see a Verdugo extension. Bayo, Whitlock. I want to see Sale come back. There's individual things to look forward to, but I'm not as much concerned with the win-losses, and that sucks because I want to be concerned with the wins and losses. But the fact of the matter is, all you got to do is watch a few games to know that this is not an elite team. And even if they do sneak into the playoffs, which seems unlikely already, what do you think is going to happen to them? I don't think it's going to be pretty. So I'm looking out for individual performances. I wish I wasn't. I wish I cared more about the wins and losses, but that's where I'm at.
3: Cool. What do you think? Yeah. No, I I, I think Sammy hit the nail on the head there. It's you weren't expecting I. It, it like. If you listen to the who says no's leading up into opening day, there was a point where we were all kind of riding high on what we saw so far. And what we saw so far was really just the spring training performance where you had half the guys that you now see out there, which those guys aren't even all there now. And then everyone else was off at like the WBC. You had broken teams. The teams that you were playing often had broken teams as well. So it wasn't an accurate barometer of what to get. And now seeing what we're seeing, I'm back to where I was at winter weekend where I was, I think collectively all, all of Red Sox fans were just kind of like, all right, this team's not competing. Maybe they can have some fun. We're seeing these young guys up on stage here. Those guys could be interesting to look at, but ultimately it's not a playoff team. heinblum Couldn't build a playoff team this year with what he wants, even if he had a healthy Trevor story, even if he had a healthy Adam Duvall, which, you know, last week, earlier this week, we were talking about the production that he has and how he was inevitably going to level off to a guy where you can get by in the outfield with him a little bit. But James Paxton still not back. I'm not optimistic about him. There was a point where I was optimistic that, hey, maybe things could work out the way things that are now going, I'm more of a realist and it's likely James Baxton isn't going to throw 20 games this year. So some big league help from him. It it just, it all boils down to Heim's preparation, the roster construction. It, it like you put way to too many. Because it, no, I mean, it's not all in like, that's the thing is like, I understand that like the Xander Bogarts, like inevitably yeah, all comes back to that. Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts. Those are, Ownership decisions.
2: I think well, we can well, all
3: admit that.
1: Who's who's the ace this year? We're relying on Chris Sale to be the ace. Why is he here? Not well, my buddy.
3: Bayo is going to be the ace. I can tell you that oh, much. But that's so. a developing young talent that is now your ace. Like that's that's not a team. You know, that's I think, I think you guys
0: are team. focusing on the wrong thing here. I mean, because. It, I, is there
3: a wrong thing? I think there's just so many issues. No, but that's the lot. problem. Is so
0: like you say, like Bayo is part of this, like the fist bump? Um, yeah. Wow. no I, I think that like you some of the guys that you mentioned like paxton and Bay, like okay great i mean they could they could rattle off the best of the best but that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about how thin but that's
3: that, that is what we're talking about, no, we're talking but about but what, what like we what
0: we are talking and about and i think that you said it at the outset you're just
3: banking on injured guys to come in and
0: fill the role. that's what Heim did like you, I, you like, I, I just well the what's okay let me ask you this what is more damaging to this team? banking on injured guys to come in and fill the role like you mentioned like Paxton or whoever or banking on guys to over perform overperform um and be guys taking it to the next level which is another dangerous thing by the way fellas it's another dangerous thing way a way to build a team i saw it when ortiz left and they said oh you know what everyone's going to get better everyone's going to take a step up we'd be able to fill the gap that ortiz left well it doesn't work that way sometimes you just have to pay for the guys that you know are going to be the anchors and the problem is they don't have a lot of anchors they just don't they're getting very fortunate that alex verdugo is having a great year okay Number one. Number two, Rafael Devers. One and two. Great. Then go look at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. I mean, it is – yeah, I mean, you have – I don't know if the number five spot got a hit today. Can anyone tell me that? Did the What's number the five get a hit? I don't, uh, I, so, the five. I don't think he got a hit. In the first three games of the Tampa series, the number five spot, which was they, well, obviously inhabited by Adam Duvall before, the number five spot didn't get a hit. That's a problem. And, by the way, the two spots in front of them, Justin Turner and Masayushida, were not the guys that they are banking on. Will they become – I don't know if they're going to become that, guys. But the problem is that why they aren't those guys, why Tristan Casas isn't the guy that everyone thought he might be coming out of spring training, why he's trying to figure it out, you don't have the anchors. You don't have the guy that can carry the team. You, You don't. And, and they were it, and there's too many guys who are playing to a level which is uncomfortably the reality of their existence. Again, talking put that to Haim this
3: offseason, did you have a feeling that he was confident in this team? Who talking to Haim this offseason, did you have a feeling that he was confident in this team? I,
0: I always said that I felt like that. I what drives me nuts about the way that he approaches things is how. You're, it comes back to the diamond in the rough thing. I always say you pay for certainty, you, certain, you pay for certainty, you pay for certainty. Now they did that somewhat in the bullpen, right? That was a play, one place you did it. And Kenley Jansen, good, fine. I'm I'm down with Kenley. It's fine. Chris Martin, okay, maybe, maybe, but there's two. It's two things: it's paying for certainty and then identifying the right guys. Like this is another part of this, guys, that we have to factor into this whole equation, don't we? Because there's plenty of examples. This compare Yoshida and Benintendi. This compare Turner and JD Martinez. There is options that they had that right now, as we sit here, look uncomfortable.
3: Anyway, you, go ahead. So, piggybacking off of that, if you had confidence in, in in the off season, do you have confidence in in him as an executive right now to be able to take the product that he has and turn it into a playoff team? Because, like. Well how, there's do you, still 12 how do you think There's still, there's still do 170 team. games left. Let's run that narrative. So there is theoretically, there is time for them to turn it around. Sure. But seeing what we've seen from Haim, like this year? I'm not this year? confident. This year? This year this no year. No shot. Well, wh- what do you mean? No shot at what? If, if John Henry just player? decides to descend down from the heavens and tap Haim on the shoulder and say, Hey, here, here's a little, here's a little something to spend at the store go Can out you and do it, what well, you want Well,
0: you're, you're, you're you are you you're gonna buy a free Heim agent
3: in, in may no yeah. but all right so what i'm saying is to get reckless with trades like if, if if henry comes down and he says hey win a world series or make the world series or you're out of here no do you i think I he's a, capable of doing that never gonna happen never going to happen as in like son, he has an ultimatum or never going to happen that he's not going to make it. No,
0: it's never this is the one of the other parts about this is that what you know there is a way that they they want Heimblue wants to do things. This has been established. It is the reverse Dive Dombrowski trade. I want 5 guys back for the one guy instead of the one guy back for the 5 guys. All right, there's that. And, and so and then there's there's the just not valuing the guys that you say, this is important. We are going to have to overpay, whether it's in a trade, whether it's free agents in the offseason, whatever it is, we are going to have to get uncomfortable to get the foundational guys. And by the way, like Trevor Story, he would be an absolute like perfect – we talked about this the other day, guys, on the radio. Trevor Story, perfect fit, but he's not here. And if if you're relying so much on Trevor Story and Adam Duvall – and not, don't have enough built around them to go through a t- against a team like Tampa, then you didn't build the team the right way.
1: Yeah. Rob, I, I, got a, I got a strong take on this. I don't think that they should do much at the trade deadline. If they're close, I still don't think they should do anything at the trade deadline. Ask yourself, why are we in this situation? Why is Bobby Dahlbeck starting at shortstop in the 12th game of the season? Because for years, the Red Sox did not draft well, and now you pay the price. So if you're going to go out there and you're going to start shipping out prospects for a guy that'll help you in the short term but may not be here in the long term, get ready to do this song and dance all over again in a few years. That's why we're here. You got to run the course. Heim Bloom has taken the minor league system from a what, 25th rank to a roughly top 10. Group. That that
0: but but Sammy, that that car even drives me nuts because it's you know what bad. we because yeah, yeah. we can say like the he the the rankings of the the minor league system is great, but here's the thing: show me the players. That you know are going to be the guys the foundational guys the baltimore orioles uh where you know you, you have the adley rushman's and you have you know the grayson rodriguez is and those sort of guys tell show me the guys that you know are going to be the guys i would guess that Bayo is going to be one of those guys sure but he's an undersized guy he would be sort of an aberration to how we view pitchers but i'm confident seeing that, that he might be a guy but show me the other guy this this farm this this wave of of talent in the farm system there's a problem other than what we think in Miguel Blaze a 19 year old and what we think in Marcelo Meyer that we don't know we have no idea and they need to find guys who you just know you know that they're going to be good so what do you agree that him should be fired this is this is not now. I mean, guy. you, write but you
2: just, out.
3: you just, you just outlined that he can't do his job as an executive.
2: Can't, you, can't fire, you can't fire the guy. But
3: no, this is, he this fired. is what we're trying to get into. Like what, like what actually is Red Sox, like top brass trying to do right now? We it's have here. Sammy Hold who's, up. we have Sammy who's on uh, one. <laughs> what? I want to hear Gordo's take. let let's, let's Oh, okay. Go, cook real quick. Quick.
2: Cause there was an I, interesting I, I thing between hard. Sammy and Rob there. Okay, so no. First, I'll say you can't fire the guy that you hired to slow build this before he even has a chance to get any of his drafted or signed prospects to the big leagues. So let's start with that. But let's let's go back a little bit. I want I want to go back to what, like the 2013 year when they were building to Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts and Blake Swihart and Jackie Bradley and all those guys. What did they do? They, they went out and signed like Mike Napoli, Shane Victorino, Ryan Dempster, guys like that to three year deals and basically bridged it. Why in the world, if we're going to look back, let's look back to like 2020, 2021. What did they do? Why why did they not sign three, four year bridge guys to bridge us to this next era of like the Tristan Casas, Brian Bayo, and then fast forward a couple years, Marcelo Meyer, et cetera? Like we signed, they signed like, Martin Perez, one year. Garrett Richards, one year. Like Hunter Renfro, we'll, we'll like throw a dart and then we'll trade him for, for a couple of prospects that haven't necessarily you know, shown us much in the minors yet. Why where is the bridge? Like we keep calling this a bridge year. I don't I don't even see a bridge. Like it's they've got the they've got a few young guys who they like, but outside of that, like they keep signing like Justin Turner's a one-year guy. He's like in his 30s, a one-year guy. Corey Kluber, one year in an option. Like, why why was it so hard a couple of years ago? Why why was it so hard to not to just sign a good quality guy to a like a set of good quality guys to three four year deals to actually bridge the gap? Like I, it I just feels like just, I, I think I know why, because
1: yeah, since roughly around two thousand four, maybe two thousand seven, they've done the Peaks and Valley thing over and over again. And I would wager that a lot of fans like that, and I would wager a lot of fans don't. When they do the, oh, we won the World Series, last place, last place, last place. World Series, last place, last place. I, I have a feeling a lot of fans don't like that. So if you want to be a consistent contender, the one and only way to do that is to first build up your minor league system. Look at Houston. You look at do the at Dodgers.
2: The time.
0: Yeah, Why does just well,
1: three-year deals
0: that. Said does that than done. You? you know how they won in 2018? Because oh, they did they – did, or 2013 – it wasn't because like it wasn't because they slow played it like Baltimore. It was because they had the found like you mentioned, Gordo, two thousand thirteen, about getting these guys in. The biggest difference that you can't compare that with this. I know that people want to, but you can't because yeah, you got a bunch of the same sort of players you thought, but you also had David Ortiz and Jacoby Ellsbury and John Lester and Dustin Pedroia and all these guys. And by the way, let's talk about some of those guys. Those are some of those guys were guys that they developed. And, and then 2018, same thing. Benintendi, Mookie, Xander, all these guys, they developed them. But, but gotta, why they were doing that, why were they were doing that, number one, they identified the right guys, and they developed the right guys. They drafted the right guys. They signed the right guys. While they were doing that, they still had the anchors. And this is what I'm talking about, is that I understand, Sammy, what you're saying about you got to be patient, you got to be patient, you got to let these guys develop. But at the same time, you can you can do both in Boston. You can spend the money. You can be aggressive. You can go get the David Prices and the Chris Sales and the and whoever else you think you need to, to actually win games and get people in the park. While you watch these other guys develop, and Absolutely. that's the piece of the equation that it's just simply not there right now. Yeah, because yeah. right now me? we're
2: just we're only playing the long game. Like we're not they're not supplementing the major league team with these guys because like. Signing a few three-year free agents does not prevent you from developing down below. Like you can still prioritize that. I'm not saying you're gonna. You need to go out there and trade away your best prospects when your team isn't close to winning a title because they shouldn't be doing that. But why? Why can't you sign a legitimate shortstop
0: stopgap? You know why can't you sign Carlos Correa? Like honestly, why can't you sign Carlos Correa? Like you know he's out there. You know that you say. You know that he's going to be an anchor. You know that, and then this is the thing that drives me nuts about you know this Otani conversation. Do you think that they they are ever going to win a bidding war, no matter how much they're saving up, up? When you have the Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Phillies, and whoever else in the mix for this guy, but what if he wants he to be nothing him. this offseason? They're going to go off and of for. I mean, Kubi wouldn't even give him a meeting the first time around. He's on he Com Ave right now, guys. Out. He's here. Like he's he's right. going out and partying with
3: the BU kids. It's cool. He's going to be here. Um, yeah, there's no. New, there's
2: new balance. New balance. <laughs> I, just saw I just saw the movie air. It's all about the shoes, guys. It's
1: all about the shoes. <laughs> just run it back. I, um, yeah, I'm not even going to entertain the Otani thing. The Dodgers did absolutely nothing this offseason. They're getting ready to make a run at Otani. I think it's pretty obvious. But, Rob, question for you. How important do you think tenure is to have guys who have been around with the same organization for a long time? We have none of
0: those right now. Yeah, and, and again, this is and, and the, they're very sensitive about that conversation. And I know that you, know when we sat down with Haim last year, last September, he he said, "Of course, I understand how important it is to keep these guys and know that they can play in Boston and so forth and so on." But you have to, first of all, it's 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 almost comical that we're at the point now where we see these teams. Um, Across the board, now the White Sox are the latest teams that like rolling out all these extensions. Atlanta rolling out all the extensions. San Diego rolling out all the extensions. Everyone understands this is important. And the Red Sox understand this is important. But isn't it comical that they have no one to give extensions to? Like, this is crazy. We have Verdugo. Yeah, Verdugo. Okay, Verdugo. Okay, You know, if you want to give them to extension, extension for Verdugo. There you go. Yeah. But. But, you know, like, where where would Verdugo, Verdugo doesn't exactly fit that mold of the guy that you think is going to be, okay, you know what, that's the anchor.
3: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy.
2: So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from
3: mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: Going forward, He's not anchored. He's a side
3: character for a World Series team. Uh, we just we extend him so we can just have like more trade discussions about him for the next couple of years. That's, you love that's it. And he, really and he loves it. he loves it. He loves when people talk about trading him. I'm
0: sure he does. There's no who says uh, no for Dugo. <laughs> who says no uh, trading Alex Verdugo for Alec Manoa? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Wait for May first. Come on,
2: man. We had, we had people laughing at at, at the Verdugo for, uh, what God, it was Danny Jansen. Remember that report? Or was it was the trade suggestion from LB.com over the offseason. And Sox yeah. and Jays fans just arguing nonstop about how it was a ripoff for the other side. Okay, that's insane. Danny Jansen.
0: Come on. You know, I, know. I, I give Verdugo a ton of credit because he lost weight. He got more athletic, and now he has a potential of being an all-star. And this is where I look like great. this guy had to become an all-star, right? So, I, listen, if we this can't be all negative. this let's give, let's give this guy some – let's give Reese McGuire for hitting 500 or whatever he's hitting. Yeah, Yay, Reese McGuire.
2: I have a bone to pick with Red Sox Twitter about
0: Reese McGuire. What, what, Ooh, what the hell? is That's a powerful enemy. <laughs> I don't know if you know what you just said. Things a, things a year ago you never thought you'd be saying.
2: <laughs> it's insane. Like, he what, what he came in. Did he start? Uh, I don't know. He he got a couple of hits, I think, yesterday. And I said on Twitter, the Sox have a lot of holes. They, they have a lot of problems. And I know it's been discussed, but catcher is not one of the problems right now. And, and like, all of the responses are are. Just absolutely trashing this guy, and I think a lot of it is because of, of base the. Runner. I think the likely misconception that the base running issues are on him.
0: Yeah, it's so not, I don't think they are. Historically,
2: the numbers say historically that he's solid at throwing out base runners. Well,
0: si- science would suggest that when you don't when the guy when Baltimore steals eleven bases and only only two times you're able to throw down, there's probably not on you. You know, yeah. but
2: it's like hey, they, odds they, are in your they, favor.
0: These guys when, uh, when long
2: play like he's thrown out last year he threw out thirty-three percent of base runners over the course of the year, and once he got to Boston, he threw out forty-two percent of the runners. Yeah. So it's people think he like forgot how to do
3: it. No, I think a lot of pitchers just kind of forgot how to like sidestep. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean it's, I it's the game game is, it is. there's no the game back. So I, I get that. I kind of thought that
1: there would be a lot of base stealing early on. I would say catcher overall is not an issue, but I think Connor Wong has been less than impressive. Definitely going to give him a lot more time, but um, he does look a little lost in a lot of those at bats. He does that very slow one-handed swing at everything in the dirt. Um, but I don't think catcher—you could call it an issue yet. I'm not over the moon about
0: it, but yeah, no, there's plenty, plenty more things to worry about. Well, with let this me day. ask you guys and start with you, Coop. What is the one guy, the one guy that you're the that you know that you're most concerned about? That maybe you came in and said, "Hey, you know what? I, I like the cut of this guy's jib." Like, who is, who is the one guy that disappoints? I'm not mad so at inverse, you. I'm disappointed uh, in
3: you. Disappointment. I mean, I feel like if I'm going 1-1 in the draft, it has to be Chris Sale. Yeah. Uh, which, I'm not like, mad, t- Chris. I'm disappointed. Yeah, which I don't even want to say I'm disappointed in him because it's just kind of like I, he's like your really old dog, and the dog really can't control any part of its body anymore, and it's just <laughs> pooping all over the house. It's sick. And it's just kind of like old yeller, it's time to put him down. Like I, what what we saw Ooh. from him in the Tampa series was really tough to see. Couldn't find the zone. His fastball, even though it was like all the metrics and everything look pretty good. If you go into baseball savant, he the spin rate was up on a lot of his breaking balls. His the fastball was down, I believe, compared to his year average by like a tick. Um yeah. but just the command isn't there anymore. And it's tough to see someone that you know who is dominant. It's tough to see someone who is very connected to historical moments with this team kind of putter out like this. It's I would, I I don't want to say it's comparable to Paul Pierce because he's nowhere near the stature of of Paul Pierce, but seeing Paul Pierce at the end of his career was not the greatest thing in the world. So it's kind of in that realm now.
1: I'm actually not super worried about sale. I'm a little worried Everyone should be a little worried, but I'm not freaking out about him. The guy's been a beast for years. He has control issues. The stuff is still there. I would be shocked if he didn't figure out how to control the ball a little bit better. That's never been an issue in his career. It's never been a significant issue, I should say. I, I would not – I'm not super worried about him. You just right, gotta- so so who, are, who
0: aren't you mad at,
1: Sammy, but you're disappointed in? Disappointed? Uh, the fans for getting mad at that reporter for asking about that resume question to Kike. He looks very bad at shortstop right now. What's up with that?
0: All Check right. So you're disappointed in
1: Kike? No, I'm not super disappointed in Kike. He was at the World Baseball Classic. I figured it'd be a little
2: bit. <laughs> I just wanted I'm to get that in there. I think it's fair to be disappointed in Kike
0: right now. Who
2: am I
1: disappointed in? Uh, actual, actual answer, Christian Arroyo. I thought he would really take advantage of uh, getting this starting job to start the season. And he's he was just been... so
0: good in spring training. I mean, yeah, yeah I too. mean, basically, basically everybody I said was good in spring training has been bad. Like yeah. everybody. That's the majority. Yeah, I, 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 I said that. Christian Arroyo was good. He was the, by far the best player in spring training. He was. Really, it's though, that, that's actually my pick. I thought he would really take advantage
1: of this and maybe maybe even get flipped at the deadline for a starting role. Not because he's not good, but because he's too good to be on the bench. But he just hasn't done that. It's been kind of surprising. That was someone I was pretty confident would, you know, do something positive, but it's been nothing so far. A lot
0: of pop-ups. Yeah, pop-up, pop-ups. pop uh, There's a lot of pop-ups from both those guys in the middle infield. Gordo, what do you got? Who, are you, who aren't you mad at, but you're just disappointed in? I mean, the answer has to be Kike
2: Hernandez. I I see a few guys that are underperforming that may be adjusting to either a new role or or a new league. Like, we need to see more from Yoshida. We need to see more from Casas. And we need Garrett Whitlock to hit it as a starter. But in terms of just disappointment, I'm disappointed in Kike because, I mean, he talked a big game in the offseason, he was in front of every camera. Every social media post had Hernandez. He, the whole like he brought the social team out to his state or wherever and made a whole video out of it and took the whole big game, and we made the whole thing about the reporter and the resume comments. And defense aside, because you're right, Sammy, like, I, I do wish he could have had more opportunities in the spring to, work <laughs> a show that he hasn't played a lot in what the last three or four years, but it's with the bat. Like we we were we thought last year and we were told last year that his offense declined because he was hurt he was playing hurt he finally got right and and that that was all going to change this year and just the bats just haven't looked competitive it's the defense I'm willing to to let him put in the work and let him get used to it I'm sure there's some nerves there but the bat the bat is where I'm the most disappointed because I, I had expectations and I really I just don't see any reason why he shouldn't be hitting better than he is do you all think right. a- yeah, go ahead. Say it again. Do you think he'll pick it up, or do you think that he's
1: just not a starting caliber Major League Baseball player at any position?
2: You know, I, I have hope for a lot of the guys who are underperforming to pick it up. Like, I think Casas is going gonna, is gonna to be better. I think Yoshida know, is going to be better. I think Whitlock's going to be better. Kike is the one where I can't point the finger and say with certainty that he's going to get better. Like, I'm sure he's going to be better than it hitting in the 100s, of course. But, like, is he going to show us anything close to what he showed in those in those stretches in 2021 like we have we just haven't seen it so i yeah i don't know dude i can't say with certainty that he's going to do that people quickly forget before he came to boston he was not a starter on the
1: dodgers he was mostly a utility guy and cora said i believe in this guy's a starter and we all rightfully so believe in cora because he's a lot smarter than all of us but mm, the, the key case- uh,
0: I, I just i would like to, to stick him in center field go be a good defensive center fielder if you hit you hit there you go. People. What forget he led the charge on a sneaky once, good
2: last year as well. Once Duvall's back, though, Rob, what do you do with, with if Kike's? If you want to put Kike in center field and just say you, you no,
0: I I understand that this is the way they constructed the team. And and by the way, like Duvall isn't a center fielder. That's one the, another takeaway that, that sort of was hidden in the fact that he became Babe Ruth for the first couple of weeks of the season. He's not a center fielder. It's, there's a huge drop off, and you can get away with that, I guess. But that wasn't a good left side of the outfield. You, they're fine. They're adequate, I guess. But Kike was so good in center field. And it is so good in center field. So, yeah, I mean, there's no easy answer to that. But yeah, I'm just going to go with my answer is Casas Because I so desperately want that guy to be a star. Just because he's interesting. I mean, I just want that guy just to be really, really good. But he's going through. And I asked him about this in spring training when Pedroia was in camp. Hey, did you talk to Pedroia about you know, going through that first month? Cause same deal, right? You get called up for a little time the year before. Now you're expected to be a starter. Pedroia, same thing in 2007, 2007, and he's really, really bad in that first month. Now he had Alice Cora to carry him hitting 400 until he figured it out in May. And I, I said, you know, hey, did you talk to Tristan about – I mean, tr- I asked Tristan, did you talk to Pedroy about this? And he's like, no, nah, nah, I don't need to. Well, I mean, you're kind of going through the same thing. You're kind of going through the year. same thing. Did this and and so, and so, I you know, I would like to – I have not given up hope on him, but – and Coop knows this because he's hung with him. Like you know, he's, he's just like – he's Good such place. a unique guy – we need more unique guys who are good. That's it.
1: Yeah, Rob. He, the reason I'm not worried about him yet is this was what he did last year in AAA. He was he got bumped up AAA and people were concerned that he wasn't going to produce, and then he just it just clicked. I think he's such a smart hitter that eventually he'll figure it out. He's also had some tough matchups. Everyone has tough matchups early in the season, so I kind of just am in favor of letting him play it out. Like I am with most of these guys, I don't see this team as a contender. So I'm not super worried, but I do agree. I really want him to be good. The personality is –
0: Yeah, I I think the problem is is that you have guys who the expectations coming out of spring training were way too high. They just were. You know, with Casas, Yoshida, oh, my goodness, perfect. The WBC was the worst thing that happened to him. Everyone (laughs) thought, oh, he's in and clean up behind Otani. He's going to be a star. No, he's not. He's not. And by the way, don't ever say that he grounds out a lot. You'll get raked over the Colts <laughs> on Twitter. How dare you? Well, you guys are probably some of them. So but 80% ground ball rate. Like, you can't ignore
1: that. So, I, I actually, along the similar lines of Casas, I saw a reporter in Japan show uh, Yoshida's first 10 games from last year compared to this year. He's actually
0: doing better in the majors this year through 10 games than he was. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's a bad player. That's the point. But I think he's, that – all these guys, all these guys are expected to be something and 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 really counted on being something more than ever. Like and I use this analogy a bunch of times recently about Yoshida and I look at JD Drew. JD Drew signs the big deal and everyone wants him to be this superstar. Well, he's not. He's a good player. He's a good player, but he also had these guys around him who were superstars that allowed him just to be as good as he was going to be. But Yoshida yeah. doesn't have that. He's expected to be the superstar. Anyway, there you
1: go. Lineup protection. People, people will throw every statistic at you to say it doesn't matter, which I think is crazy. You need good guys around you to succeed. I'm with you, Rob. I think Yoshida's a good player, a little Verdugo-ish. Um, but it's tough when you're you're the number four hitter in this lineup in Boston, in the freezing cold, to start the season, and if you've never played Major League Baseball and you just came off the World Baseball Classic, so the expectations, like you alluded to, are through the roof. Tough situation for him, and, and if he's going to succeed, he's going to have to wear it.
2: It's going to take Coop. an adjustment.
0: Coop you're, th- you're just, Coop, you're just you're just shell shocked with your your hair flopping over your eyes. No, I'm just I'm taking it all in. I'm you're right. Yeah, it's okay. It's just all right. It's the uh, state
3: of the socks. It's
0: yeah. I mean I'm glad hey, listen, I, I thank you all for, for getting together though tonight. It's good it's good therapy, I believe, for everybody as we storm Ooh. into uh Patriots Day weekend. Like, I think it's gonna be awesome that to have these guys. I mean, we always appreciate the trout and the Yotani and that crew coming in, whether they're good or bad. But still, I mean it's it's kind of cool. Cooper, you go in the games? Uh I believe so. I yeah, know I mean I'm, it's working just- some of the for there's just some guys, guys that you're like, oh, you know, you see him, there you go. There's Trout, there's Otani, there's, and you appreciate that these. And I actually, we just did uh the MVP odds again on the baseball is boring with Papelbon, and we were doing the Otani versus the field MVP race, and I'm like, not only am I taking the field, I'm taking Mike Trout. I'm going to take Mike Trout as my MVP. Everyone, Otani's odds are so insanely better than everybody else or like whatever. He's more of a favorite than everybody else. I'm taking Mike Trout. I think he's going to have a really good year. MVP. Who, Do you who think would have ML- ever thought Mike Trout good? Do you think the MLB lined up Otani and Trout coming
3: into Boston on Patriots Day on purpose for the 10th anniversary opportunity to get Poppy in there? Opportunity to get some of the big name pictures in there with um just a nice photo op for MLB. Sure. I I don't know.
2: Yes.
0: Yes. And 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 by the way, that's conspiracy brain at work. So new, ba- new Balance in. crew coming in. It's winner take all time in the NBA and NHL, and FanDuel's giving you a shot to bring home a big win of your own. Right now, new
1: customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks to bet on spreads, money lines, player props, and more. Visit FanDuel.com sportsfan and make every playoff shot count. Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook. Must be twenty-one plus and present in Ohio. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. A bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call
0: one eight hundred Gambler. Um. Hey, can I ask you guys about this beer stuff? Hmm. Okay. So obviously, like, my day's been taken up a lot with this Matt Strom stuff, with this Matt Strom beer controversy not controversy, but statement. Um, so, and when he brought it up, like I, he, he, uh, it was sort of like the Verdugo thing with Manoa. Like he just brings it up, right? That's, it's like, it's not like, hey, what do you think about this? He, It's on his mind. He just brings it up. And what I'm talking about, of course, is having a problem with the beer sales being pushed by some teams to the eighth inning instead of the seventh. And he makes the point that it actually should be the sixth. And to me, I'll just say what I feel like, To me, like it makes almost too much sense. I understand, I'm not surprised that teams are doing this, but his his case, I felt like was so solid in the terms of of you should be going the other way. You should be going the sixth inning and not the eighth inning. And by the way, by the way, so the statement I got from the Red Sox was we're evaluating things. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this thing that happened today with Strom. The, the the momentum that people like, I think that the vast majority, that is gonna, some teams were on the edge of doing this and they're gonna at least hesitate to do it now, I guarantee you. But go ahead, thoughts. Like,
1: as a big fan of beer, when I saw the topic of the podcast, I kind of gave it like, what's this Jamal gonna say about my beers? But then I heard him out and I was like, he's a good guy. He's just looking out for people. I, 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 I kind of like it. He kind of changed my mind. I don't think it's ever going to change because it's all about money.
3: But uh, hey, respect. Uh, he's uh, he's looking out. Cool. What do you think? Um, I don't think it will ever happen at Fenway. I, I think you would see policymakers you know, like rolling their graves before they let any of their blue laws get touched. Um, that's <laughs> just how puritanical Massachusetts is. Uh, I, it's kind of whiny. I don't know. The pitch clock is here. It, he was a guy last year that kind of ragged on all the new rules and everything. So far, despite it being uncomfortable for veteran ball players and guys that have been playing baseball for a while, heck, it would bother me if I was playing a men's league and all of a sudden they just wanted to implement a pitch clock.
0: But it's two different um, things. Like you could not agree with him about the like not wanting the pitch clock, but I'm talking about. Well, no, like, I'm the- saying he's just whining just to whine. Like I, I I like this. I like Strom. I don't
3: think he actually cares that much about whether someone's driving home or not because he would also be coming out and saying, Hey, a restaurant should stop serving you after they serve well, dinner.
0: Okay, Can because I, then
3: you need time to really metabolize that alcohol and make sure that you're driving home safe and making sure that you only have at least one drink in your system coming home from your little dinner date. So, so, okay. it, it, so at the at the very heart of it, it's him identifying something that can support his argument, and he's just using that as like, I guess like the caveat, like just like the the vehicle yeah, to get his yeah. point across.
0: All right, he, so like I so, don't think he
3: actually cares if I slam into a like a light post because I decided to sneak a few nips in like in the eighth inning at Fenway Park up in the bleachers. You want to right. so care about po-
0: you specifically? Point, po- point of order. I I like you personally, and I appreciate your take. But the people who have those arguments about I'm going to be drinking because I'm sneaking in nips in the ninth inning, or I'm going to go to the sports bar right after whatever, you're missing the point. The point is is that the owners are being hypocrites. With why was why was this rule about the seventh inning put in? Baby, hold on, hold on. Why was the rule put in about the seventh inning? Why to (laughs) safety with liability? Right, exactly. Right to say, say, hey, we 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 are saying to everybody that we are stopping beer sales in the seventh inning because we don't want you driving home drunk. Even though, like we said, you can. There's plenty of other ways to find ways to drink. That's the point. Is the owners and the teams were saying this is why we are doing this. So now they're being hypocritical because they're saying. Then we don't care about that. Because obviously, if you're if you're gonna sell beer in the eighth inning, just do it till the end of the game. Like just do it to the end of the game. Because if you really care, like like you said you did in implementing those rules in the seventh inning, then you would push it back to the sixth. And that's what I think he was saying. They're being hypocritical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean. Dan no, Snyder just right. sold his
0: team and
3: he had jeans Monday. Like Billionaires aren't the best people in the world. I, th- I think we can all wrap our heads around that and that they're just going to do whatever they want for the quickest buck. I mean, he's not wrong on that.
1: Except, but, except for John Henry, the winningest owner in Red Sox history. Thank you
0: very he much. would do no wrong. He mm. would do absolutely he wants, no wrong. He wants beer sales stop in a third. Yeah. Just enjoy the great game of it, baseball. That's, that's not wrong. You, Coop.
1: John Henry wants you to be
3: safe. He that's why he's be stopping beer sales. In You there. know what? 21st yeah. Amendment. Run it back. Run it back. We're banning it. Ban alcohol. Lord, what do you think? Charge.
2: Well, Strom last wasn't he commenting on Instagram last year about the uh, they added 15 seconds to the commercial breaks? So he's like, you're trying to shorten the game. But yeah, think to- I think you're all missing the point. He's, no, I'm I not. don't think we Hold are. Hold on. Well, that's he's, your
0: prerogative you to be wrong.
2: He's right. <laughs> all of these points, he like, he's actually right. But it's just. The only reason he's bringing it up is because he hates the pitch clock.
0: Yeah. That's where it all goes back to. Well, but, but maybe, but the fact is, is that he's, he's not wrong about the, the hypocritical nature of why you, why that rule is in place. Like, all the other stuff. Like you can talk about him hating the reason he, he surfaced it, whatever it is. Fine. I, I get all of that, but still the fact of the matter is, is that he's right about you. The, this is a hypocritical thing. And, and, it's it's black and white. That's what it is. It's science. It is it is fact that this is a hypocritical thing. Yeah,
3: the declaration. I mean, like the constitution
0: was hypocritical with slavery still
3: around. Like that we, what are we living? Like these are just we're playing <laughs> well, that <gets>, <laughs> I like got blue
1: in a hurry. Thing. But like, that's what it's if, if, if any of you are correct, that leaves us with two options. Either Matt Strom's a great guy and he's really looking out for everyone, or he's a scumbag. And he just cares about himself and the rules. Let's put up a poll. <laughs> now now we have Matt's two gonna love that. polarizing Matt Stroms. And only one of them is real because we pushed him so far in both directions.
3: I mean, does Which Matt get cool. upset when they start like pumping like tops stuff, like how they like control the market with like cards? Because. That's just that. That's tops. Just playing. With you what have the they want most bizarre
0: money. analogies in this argument. I'm I I love to make every connections to
3: like show that, like, yeah, we're all just playing semantics here. <laughs> watch it. Watch slavery story. and tops. That's yeah, why you're it, it, bringing. That's in my. It. I was about to say that's my bread and butter, but it's not. It, slavery is just a bad thing. History is my bread and butter.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Well, we get to we, we solved a lot of the world's problems. All right. Anything else you guys got before we move on? Is we turn the page. Beer into the night. Beer, uh, beer into the It is beer into the ninth and better players. How about do that? they win Patriots Day? let That's me, all. Well, uh, are they even going to play? going to rain? Oh, they might get fishing. it in. They might squeak it in. What player? What before we go? 2013 team comes back. What player do you randomly want to see the most? Okajima.
2: Not 2013.
0: Oh um, shoot!
3: No, I'm thinking Koji. Zalo. Tis out. Oh, that would be a solid. I think Koji though. Koji, Koji light up a room. Him and Poppy giving a nice hug. Come on, um, high five. Yeah, here you. Franklin right. Morales is my favorite pickoff move. Who? Ever. Who? Franklin
0: Morales has the best oh. move ever. It's my favorite. All right, that's two good ones. Gore, what do you got? Because I got one. I got one that's going to blow you all away. Okay, I'm ex- I'm excited to hear yours. Oh God, I kind of want two, but I.
2: Go, oh, two. You got two? two? Two. The random stud of that team, Mike Carp, needs yeah. to be there. Yeah. Great one. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. But so then the movie one movie. I really want, I want to be there, and I hope he is, is Junichi Tazawa because he had one of the greatest walk-in songs of any Red Sox pitcher ever. And I can sing the chorus if they play it's it. you guys play it, I can sing the chorus in Japanese. I can sing it. Mogera no Uta. Yeah, that song. Can we play that? Can we play that in like an outro or something?
0: You're getting me excited for this weekend. It's going to be good. Um, so mine is you're going to totally forget this guy it was on the team. I'll give you a hint. He has more World Series rings than strikes thrown in 2013.
2: Oh my God! The guy who walked in the winning run, right? What was his name? Came came from Detroit.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm not even close on the name. Bri- Brian Villarreal.
2: Yes. Bri- oh, yes.
0: Bri- Brian Villarreal yeah. got in one game, threw four pitches, all balls, walked in the winning run in San Francisco, didn't talk to the media, and was never heard from again. And what a life. A real
1: village. I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, please be there, Brian it's Villarreal. Not
1: please.
3: All Is right. A- Any update from John Farrell? Is he going to be there? I bet he will be. He'll get off his lobster boat for it.
0: Yeah, he yeah. will. He came, he was there for um what was it? What was he there for last year? He came back? Yeah, he was back. He was last year. What what was the
2: anniversary
0: was. last year? Huge Tito was there though. Francona was there.
2: Wait, was he there for like an old so series or something?
0: Yeah, I that forget what it was, year, but man. he was he was there. He was actually so he was. I know that I've told Coop this, I think the uh uh, a couple months ago, he was in back of the line in the Starbucks, Beverly Starbucks, with me. What? Yeah he he was uh, yeah so he's he's just he's he's living in Gloucester, works at a lobster, runs a Does lobster. Walks around in the full yellow coat. I really hope that he
3: that's his full identity. Like, he just walks around in the yellow fisherman. <laughs> not like,
0: not like the like the murderer from I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Just now, but it's a uh, good, good guy and uh, just living the life of a lobsterman, aren't we all? So there so you funny. go. I That's love developed. that story. All right, guys, thank you.